Welcome to the first episode of the podcast, The Conscious People, a brand centered on starting conversations about topics that were previously deemed taboo. I aim to bring these taboo subjects into the mainstream and create a space for others to feel heard or understood through the discussions in each episode. Yes, you are secure here because this is an all-inclusive podcast that welcomes people from all walks of life. So let's get into today's podcast and what we'll be discussing. I recently had low libido and sexual frustration due to lack of drive with masturbation and sexual engagement, or spicy time as I like to call it. I began to beat myself up about it, thinking something was wrong with me, as we all do. We start to turn on ourselves, don't I? <laughs> After undertaking research and determining that my anxiety and stress may be affecting my experience, it inspired me to start a conversation about this with others who may have had similar experiences or may be experiencing this and how we can get back to enjoying ourselves or with someone we trust because it always has to be a safe space. I'll start by defining stress and anxiety and then discuss how they may be affecting your spicy time (laughs) or sexual pleasure time. So we're going to define stress first. It's a tension caused by difficult circumstances Stress is a natural human reaction that motivates us to deal with problems and threats. To some extent, everyone is stressed. We all feel stressed at some point. Feeling stress during stressful circumstances such as job interviews, school examinations, unrealistic workloads, insecure jobs, or conflict with family, friends, or co-workers is highly normal. And I'd be worried if you weren't feeling a little stressed in these situations. The body reacts to physical, psychological, or emotional stress by producing chemical changes in the body that can increase blood pressure, heart rate, and blood sugar levels. Many individuals, like yourself, experience stress reduction as their situation improves. Or, they- However, it may also cause frustration, anxiety, anger, or sadness. This is where stress can be caused by a traumatic or illness incident. Long-term or high amounts of stress can cause mental and physical health issues. And this is where I'm going to go into the signs and symptoms of stress to look out for. Because stress may be, some stress is good, but when we start to feel things like this, we probably should start to consider reaching out for a bit of help or just chatting to our doctor or a healthcare provider about what's going on and maybe they could give you a little bit of advice or treatment that's individualized to you. But this list is not limited and this only encompasses some of the signs and symptoms, but I'm going to get into it now and stop rambling. (laughs) So, you may find it hard to relax the mind or body, have anxiety, irritability, headaches, body pains, upset stomach, trouble sleeping, lose appetite or increase appetite and when we start to feel these and we don't do anything about them it can progressively come into chronic stress which may be aggravating pre-existing health issues and increase our behaviors of consuming high amounts of alcohol smoking or other substances to numb the stress Um, remember this is only a comfort it doesn't actually make the stress go away and it only temporarily relieves you from it. Stressful circumstances can also cause a worsen mental health conditions, most notably anxiety and depression, which demand medical attention. So seek out 
your healthcare provider if you are feeling this. Um, you're feeling like things are getting worse and you aren't able to do it on your own, which there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we all just need a little bit of help. When we also, when you have a mental health problem, is often because our stress, your stress symptoms have become more persistent and they may be interfering with your everyday functioning, including at school or work, depending where you are in life. Um, so that's very important. If it's time to do that, then it's definitely time to reconsider getting some help. And I will be always harping on and encouraging to get help because it's better to reach out and deal with the issue than deal with the issue on your own. And this will lead into how things can become worse and can turn into mental health disorders or illnesses such as anxiety, which anxiety stems off stress and becomes the, like it can worsen and become more of like an illness or a disorder and to chatting about anxiety and what a mental health problem may look like if it worsens from stress. So let's get into what anxiety is. Anxiety can be categorized by feelings of apprehension, dread and uneasiness. It could be your typical stress reaction. For example, you may experience anxiety when confronted with a complex problem at work before taking a test or making an important choice. This will may be a way of assisting you in coping during this time and this pressure could give you more energy or help you to concentrate. However, that fear is not fleeting for individuals suffering from anxiety disorders and can be very overwhelming to the person who is suffering from it. So anxiety disorders are conditions in which you may experience persistent worry that can worsen over time. The symptoms can interfere with daily activities such as performance at work, schoolwork and relationships. In this episode, we will primarily concentrate on the effects it has on your sexual experience and engagement with yourself or a partner. More on that later in the episode though, because I'm going to get into the symptoms and signs of anxiety just so you know what to look out for if the condition is worsening. So this list is not limited to, but it definitely gives you a rough idea of what anxiety may be manifesting in your life. So feeling restless, wound up or on edge, being easily fatigued, having difficulty concentrating, being irritable, having headaches, muscle aches, stomach aches or unexplained pains, difficulty controlling feelings of worry, having sleep problems such as difficult falling or staying asleep. And this definitely, like from someone who has anxiety, this does not encompass the whole feeling of anxiety, but at least this gives you a starting point of deciding whether you are experiencing something of a more worsened state of stress and has become something more of a mental health disorder that does need to be looked at possibly by a healthcare provider or a psychologist or a GP. And this leads me into how they may be able to treat your anxiety. So um, psychotherapy, medication or both are commonly, commonly used to address anxiety disorders. However, there are numerous methods to treat your anxiety and you should consult, like I said, a healthcare provider to determine which treatment is best for you and they may be able to give you an individualized treatment plan. So now that we discussed the difference between stress and anxiety and we've realized stress is the starting point and anxiety is the end of it and how it may affect your general well-being, I'm going to talk about what sexual libido is, the range of sexual libido and how stress and anxiety can impact your sexual experience with yourself or with a partner. 
So what is sexual libido anyway? There is no right or wrong amount of libido and no normal level of sex frequency. Some individuals have sex or want to have sex every day, while others only have sex once a year or not at all. It all depends on your preferences and living circumstances. It also, it's also essential to note that you should never be embarrassed, guilted or made to feel wrong about your libido. Now I will talk about the connection between worry, anxiety and low libido. So I'm going to go through a few points of how anxiety and stress can affect your overall experience for sex and yourself and masturbation and just your sexual desire and libido. So anxiety, as we all know, may impact your sex drive. Anxiety can lead to a decrease in desire. When you are anxious, your cortisol, your body's primary stress hormone levels rise. So cortisol levels that are too high can inhibit the sex hormones that influence desire. As a result, you could have been in a good mood earlier in the day. However, once your anxiety sets in, being in a good mood can be challenging and the willingness to engage in sexual activities is just would not be possible or you wouldn't be able to be present or you would just not feel the greatest about doing that. This leads me into how, this leads me into how anxiety can keep you feeling confident about your body. So let's look at how changing in front of someone for the first time can be intimidating. When you have anxiety, you're more likely to be self-conscious and concentrate on the flaws of your body. Us women may be more self-conscious about our physique or a specific body part. And when this self-consciousness is, is heightened by anxiety, this can lead us to being really, really self-critical and engaging in self-body shaming that prevents us from engaging emotionally or physically during sex, which makes us want to avoid the thing altogether. <laughs> And no wonder when you're very self-critical and you're just not feeling it and you're already beating yourself up, how do you feel great about engaging in sex? You don't, do you? So this leads me into how it can prevent us from being intimate. So when you're overwhelmed by panic, you may not want to be physically, emotionally near your partner. This can be particularly frightening and complicated for any one of us who have experienced trauma around sexual experiences I 100% know is definitely a hard road to walk and yeah it can definitely cause us to shut down to the point where we cannot appreciate the sensations of sexual touching and sex because of past experiences and trauma and things that may be coming up and hence the partnership may suffer if you avoid foreplay or sex which I'm not about to shame you at all. I'm just going to say that if this is happening for you, you need to decide whether sex needs to be put on hold and you deal with your trauma. Two, you communicate with your partner about how you're feeling, what's happened in the past, what's going on as much as you can, the best as you can. Three, you seek out medical or psychological treatment from a healthcare provider, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you need to feel supported in your journey to healing your relationship with sex because I completely get it. I've been there and I still have to go do this myself if I'm being really honest, but we can do this together. We can sign up to therapy, we can reach out and we can start healing our relationship with sex because it doesn't have to be a thing that causes you so much anxiety for the rest of your life and I'm so so sorry that that happened to you and 
yeah I am so so sorry that happened because that is not okay and no one has the right to take your pleasure away from you so a little bit lighter but I just had to say it um I want to go into something for my gals and guys that are on anxiety medication or antidepressants like me welcome to the club (laughs) um as we as you may or may not know it can definitely decrease your interest in sex um so it is known or maybe you don't know but it definitely is a fact of anxiety and antidepressants that um the drug that we prescribe to keep the condition of our mental health from worsening SSRIs or the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors reduces our sexual libido and I definitely think this might be why I am experiencing low libido lately and frustration because I recently had my medication dosage increase and this leads me into my next point about how when our when there is too much serotonin it can definitely reduce our libido and make orgasms challenging. I'm there. And if anyone else is there, I completely get it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and I will definitely be going back to my psychiatrist um, as soon as I can get it into an appointment with them and be questioning whether we can change the medication or have the dose adjusted because that is definitely an option. You don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to feel frustrated. You can go to your psychiatrist or your doctor and ask for them to look at whether the medication or the dose is just too high or yeah but I am not a medical professional so I can't tell you but definitely go chat to them about that and this leads me into the fact that even not a medication anxiety can make it more difficult to orgasm you can imagine physical signs of worry including tense or clenched muscles rapid breathing lightheadedness and shallow breathing well with the increased creation of the stress hormone cortisol Um, increasing your nervousness and all this creates it really hard to reach a climax um, because when we we have to be in a state of calm and not really in our head which anxiety is so well at making that happen and at the most inconvenient times so definitely makes it challenging enjoy your pleasure and bond with your partner or yourself because we are here for it it's 2023 we're all about that self-pleasure as well so we reached my favourite part of the podcast. I love a good practical tip or two. I'm going to give you multiple because why not? It's my podcast and I can do what I want. But I'm here to give you some strategies to manage your stress and anxiety so we can get you back to feeling good about sex, frustration no more, and just overall hopefully help you get to that orgasm. So so let's get into it. We know that breathing techniques are amazing to get us clear and help our mind calm and relax. So I'm going to say slow breathing is great for anxiety because when we're anxious, we are doing shallow, real fast breathing and that does not help us calm down at all. We want to make our breathing slow and we want to revert the body back to calm. I would suggest a breathing technique would to be to breathe in slowly through the nose, count to three, hold, and then breathe out through the nose for three slowly. Do this as many times, as many rounds as we like to call them. So a round would be 
the three in, hold, three out, that's a round. So do that as many times as you need until you feel more calm and you are back to a normal rhythm of breathing. Another great technique is progressive muscle relaxation technique. This is another mindful method. It is intended to alleviate the sensation of muscle tension associated with anxiety and worry. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm just going to explain the three simple steps and we love when there's not when it's so not complicated we could just do it three simple steps well I do anyway I don't know if you do <laughs> um so you're gonna locate a peaceful area a safe space you're gonna close your eyes and gradually tense and relax each muscle group from your toes to your head and then have, hold this tension for three seconds then re rapidly release Repeat this for every muscle group and as much as you need until you feel relaxed. This would be great before you engage in masturbation or sexual activities with a partner. They don't have to know and you could do it before meeting up with them or saying you need a minute and go find a safe space to do this. Or maybe even do it with them. You know, maybe they'll be, maybe they're just as stressed as you and, you know, open up that communication. <laughs> I think this one is pretty obvious, but staying present. So staying in the current moment or being present can help you recover from anxiety of the past or the future. Try to meditate on a regular basis to teach your mind to do so. And I know me telling you, do this, do that, like it can be very overwhelming and you may not even, you may feel a resistance to doing it. I suggest just starting small. Start with one minute a day of meditating, whether it be a guided meditation or just sitting there with your thoughts, breathing in, breathing out just practice doesn't have to be long and it's better than doing nothing um or doing like an overwhelming hour meditation every day or something that you're just not gonna sustain um but yeah that's not me being rude that's just me saying like I get it it's overwhelming at the beginning when you try to create a habit and yeah it's always best to start small and then just build from there a perfect example of habit formation would be the James Clear Atomic Habits book. I know everybody raves on about it and there's a reason why and if you have not read it yet please go read it. There's so many ways you can learn about it. He has a course, he has an audiobook, he has a physical book. If you don't like reading then there's so many other ways you can like get that information. There's even apps out there that break down the information into 15 minutes and they're I'm pretty sure they're audible so there's definitely those options as well if that's not your cup of tea, if reading's not for you. Um, another great thing that I've learned is changing your self-talk. So putting your self-talk to the test and learning that what you have, what you perceive has an impact on how you feel. So to alter your thoughts is really important. And to do so, you can find new or more positive methods to look at a stressful circumstance. So reframe it or you can examine facts <laughs> and ask if this assumption is correct or true. Most of the time you're going to find no um, because our brain likes to make up silly, silly things. But yes, I completely understand fellow mental health sufferer, <laughs> mental health illness sufferer. Um, moving forward, another great thing with self-talk and taking care of yourself is self-compassion it can really make you feel less anxious and we all deserve to be fostered and cared by 
even only by ourselves like you deserve to have kindness and talk to yourself in a way that you would talk to a friend another one that I loved when I was researching was schedule worry time so it's challenging to stop worrying altogether so schedule regular worry time this can keep your concerns at bay at other times set aside 10 minutes daily to reflect on or jot down your worries learn about your worry keep a journal of your feelings of calm and anxiety determine what works to alleviate your worry and what aggravates this this can assist you in managing your anxiousness anxiousness and hence managing the anxiousness you may be feeling prior to masturbation or sexual pleasure or just anything in life (laughs) so you are not alone in having a low sexual desire and are not abnormal you decide whether or not it is a problem in your existence managing your tension anxiety may help you feel more libido and feel more open to engaging in sexual pleasure so try some of the suggested techniques and see if it makes a difference for you These are general techniques and should not be used instead of actual treatment if your condition seriously affects your sexual relationship with yourself or your partner. Opening up a dialogue with your healthcare provider may give you an excellent feeling of relief and you will know what intuitively feels right for you. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this started a conversation with yourself about how you may be feeling about your sexual libido, understanding that there's nothing wrong with you. You just may be feeling stressed or anxiety, caught up in life. And sometimes we just need to actively work to manage this and get back to feeling great in our little spicy time, as I like to call it, or sexual pleasure. But as always, please reach out for help if you do need it. There are people waiting to hear from you. Um, There will always be someone willing to listen to your story, what you have to say, your concerns or worries because the world is a better place with you in it and I hope you have a beautiful day and I will chat to you in the next episode which will be dropping next Tuesday so keep your eyes keep your ears open and wait for that episode goodbye and thank you so much for listening please